Hey everyone, I just want to front load this episode with an exciting announcement for the month of September. We are doing a fundraiser for Rainbow Railroad with our Sex Worker Superhero Trading Cards. This is a project my good friend Paul Ayoshi and I are running. It's going to be happening all month and you can check out the links if you want to donate on our social media. That's at the Bedpost Podcast on Instagram or I'm also posting a lot about it on my Twitter, at the ladypim one And at those links, you can pre-order your set of nine superhero sex worker trading cards. There are tiers for big spenders, a lot of sexy extras. And while you're doing it, you are donating all the proceeds for this project. Go once again to LGBTQ plus Toronto run charity. Rainbow Railroad. So please go ahead and do that. Stop the episode. Just stop it already. Stop everything and go do it. Hey, Ma. Hello everyone and welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I of course am your host Erin Pym and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy people into the studio to have conversations about sex and sexuality. And of course it is still COVID times and uh, you know however far in the future it will be COVID times. So I think the remote episodes might be the new normal. So today we are very much doing our normal thing. I've got somebody uh, coming in via clean feed through the magic of the interwebs, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, However, this is somebody that is right here in Toronto. So why don't I just go ahead and introduce them. This is the, okay, get ready for this, everybody. The event coordinator and engagement liaison at Oasis Aqua Lounge, the designer and owner of Razor Latex. Oh, I'm going to use my phone sex voice. Body positive content creator and sex educator. Please welcome to the mic, everyone, Ray. Hi, Ray. Hi, that was very hard for me not to audibly laugh through that entire <laughs> long title. <laughs> I know, that was, I mean, and and that just about wraps up our time here on the Bedpost Podcast, everybody. We got you. Yeah, um, no, that's yep. funny because uh, I've interviewed Fatima quite a few times. Oasis is one of our lovely, lovely sponsors. So yep. she's got like a really long title. So I'm like, I was pleased to see that you had just as long a title as Fatima does. I'm like, oh, good. That feels good to me. <laughs> Yeah, that feels right. Everyone at Oasis has titles that are longer than, than like your in like entire generational history. So, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, okay, I I mean, I I think my listeners at this point know what Oasis is, but do you just want to give give a rundown, um, just yeah. for folks who maybe this is their first time listening? We are a water-themed sex club located in the heart of downtown Toronto. Um, But honestly, how I like to explain this is it's a super chill place where you can basically do whatever you want as long as it's legal. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we have an outdoor pool, indoor hot tub, sauna, but we also have playrooms, a dungeon. It's this really cute mansion, like I said, in the middle of downtown Toronto. But even though it is a swingers and sex and nudity body positive club, 
Uh, people can choose to keep their clothes on. They can just come and go for a swim. Uh, my favorite thing to do there in the summer before the pandemic was to just tan naked by the pool all day and get day drunk and oh, yeah. go out for dinner and come back and get dressed up and then like enjoy whatever show was happening that night. <laughs> yeah, because so, you have a lot of amazing events programming happening as well. That is correct. Yes. Love it. Okay. And yeah. so why I wanted to talk to you, Ray, was because, you know, clearly pandemic is happening. So Oasis hasn't been open for a few months now, right? And, yes. you know, I don't know if you have any, put- any um, future plans on when it will reopen. However, I wanted to have you on to talk about like, because you're doing a lot of online things with Oasis. Oasis is still happening. Um, oh, yeah. But just it's moved online. So maybe we can yeah. start our conversation there with like, so what is a sex club look like taking it online virtual remote it's interesting so there's sort of a few a few things that that i can get into there's sort of the actual technological aspect of that in terms of the online chat room that we use Mm -hmm. i can talk a little bit about the community that we've built virtually and how that's worked and then i can also talk a bit about um the actual sex aspect so i'll go in that order uh, technology first so um unfortunately zoom and those other kinds of video hosting services they do not allow sex clubs to host parties yeah, um they, they, like they were sending yep they were sending cease and desist letters to people uh there was that article about bots trying to find people using it for sex and telling them to stop i think they're mostly just targeting businesses rather than individuals so we are using what's called the modern lifestyle platform and a lot of other clubs in the states have been using this platform to sort of get through legal loopholes and do virtual sex parties so we have joined Yes. Okay. So it's a 24 seven chat room with camera capabilities. So unlike with zoom, you can choose who you're watching and not watching. You can mute individuals. Everyone can, not just the person running it. Um, and people can come on at any time and meet up with people in the chat room. And yeah. So what we do for our events is we'll announce here's the event at this time and people will choose to come on and join for the event. But lots of people are using it, um, just for those video capabilities whenever they want to. Um, and people are making play friends, like virtual play friends. Some of them have made new partners that they're now safely playing with in real life because they've met them through this platform. And I know that some people, there's also sort of um, almost dating app capabilities of it. You can like people, you can private message people. So I know that some people are choosing to use this platform for that as well. So even though Oasis is closed, a lot of our community members are joining the online platform as ways to connect. This is amazing inter- because um, yeah. I was uh, just how, how you were saying, like a couple of months ago, I think we were all trying to like get on Zoom, for example, to host sex parties because we're like, well, obviously we still need to host virtual sexy stuff. And then we're finding that we hit a wall because a lot of those kind of mainstream platforms were telling us that we couldn't conduct our business there or even like, you know, yeah. our pleasure there. Speaking right? of, uh, thank you, Sesta Fosta, for making it even harder. Oy, right. <laughs> you know, so that was like... just like another manis- manifestation of that. Right. So I'm so glad to hear that there is a platform that we can right. use and, and do is, that on. It yeah. is a privately owned platform. So a lot of clubs are using this platform and it was created specifically for this so technology wise there are some things that this platform has that drive me absolutely fucking nuts and people can see me getting visibly frustrated <laughs> like when tech glitches. <laughs> things like sometimes when we have too many people join and we don't have enough bandwidth um at one point we were doing a porn watch party and our tech overheated and there was problems and we it was uh it was just it was not ideal but there are some great things about this platform that zoom can't do once again people can use it whenever 
Um, you can set your camera to private and then only the people that you invite can watch your camera, things like that. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Which there's some really funny stories about like, there were these couples trying to be in the chat room and they had their cameras on private, but because of my, because I run everything, I have to have access to everyone at all times. So I was trying to tell them through camera, um, by the way, we can see you, you're not private. Anyone coming in can see you, but they were saying to each other, how do we get this Ray person to stop watching us? I don't understand. (laughs) So I had to like switch to broadcasting so I would automatically turn on for them and say I just want you to know that we can all see you not just me and we're trying to talk to you and tell you to go private but now you know and it was very funny <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, so that's one instance luckily they hadn't done anything yet yeah that, well that's yeah. good but that's why we need like an organizer kind of managing the whole situation because or at least making sure people know that sometimes um yeah just even yeah. explaining the technical aspects of using the platform like hey just you know your camera yeah. is just like fully on right now yeah. <laughs> like, and you may... we can all <laughs> like so glad to hear about your weekend uh also <laughs> love it so that's very funny the other really cool thing about that is um so my best friend in the whole world her name is yael and she helped me with razor latex for anyone who knows me from there they would also know yael she recently came on as another event planner but before that she was just hanging out in the chat with all of us and there was one moment where she was like ray i really want to play uh but she and i do not have the kind of relationship where we are comfortable watching each other Mm -hmm. so she's like can you just turn off my camera and i was like yeah no problem you cool. you let me know you just send me a text or private message me if you want me to turn it back on at any point and that's not something you can do on other with other services so i think that aspect is really cool you can genuinely choose what you look at and what you don't look at amazing yeah that's really like nuanced tech like that's like when you like i've i've been doing some teaching via zoom uh lately and you know there are definitely not options like that <laughs> Yep. Like, it's kind of just chaos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's uh, there's no breakout rooms in our chat, but you can always just move to a different room if if you need that. We have like multiple rooms just like at the club and they're named like the club rooms. Oh. So if someone's in a main party and they want to just switch to a different room, they can just switch to a different virtual room. Um, oh, and that's, that's pretty cool. so cool. Very cool. So what are the names? So like you have the dungeon, obviously. Um, is is me, one like the ballroom? Yeah, I want to hear the rooms. I'm going to go fun. check because I don't have them memorized. Because I should, but I don't. I actually, we only really use center stage, which is functioning as what the ballroom would be. Center stage is where we host all of our events. Cool. Uh, so we have the ballroom is sort of your landing page. Everyone lands in the ballroom. The playroom, the implication being that like people in there are there to play. We yep. have a text only room for no cameras, just texting. We have a music room, which I think theoretically we're trying to get some DJ software that we could just have as like a DJ room. I'm not quite sure yet. We do have a dungeon. Center stage is where most of the action takes place. And then our last room, which is very exciting, is the staff room. And this is where we have our staff meetings. And we have had people try and join us thinking that (laughs) this is where the action is happening. They they think this is like a role play thing. They're like, ooh, yeah. the or staff like, oh, of Oasis. That's a sexy idea to like role play. Four people with their four people with their cameras on in the staff room. I wonder what's happening there. And we're like, we are talking about logistics. Uh, thank you. Please. Leave. That's great. Oh, but yeah, that's really cool. So like, is the like have you found that like what's happening in each room? is kind of indicative of like what the theme is or what would usually be happening in that room, like in like the physical space. Um, that's the idea behind it. I'm not going to lie. I've mostly just been hanging out in center stage or the ballroom. Yeah. Uh, just cause people will go off if they want to. And also when people tend to be on hanging out, I tend to be out doing other things. 
Right. Like, I want to, if I'm going to hang out in the chat room, it would probably be at 10 a.m. No one is hanging out in that chat room at 10 a.m. with me. So. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but I, I think the idea being that, like, having the separation of play space versus dungeon, if people might be triggered by certain kinds of play, they don't necessarily Certainly. need to go to the dungeon. And it's helpful to have that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that. So what are some of the, like, events that are happening virtually? Let You're saying, like, most of the action happens center stage. So, like, yeah. like what, for example? Okay, so my favorite event that we've run so far is a porn watch party. And nice. we, we will cast from the club, and we cast porn. And then me and my co-host, we talk over the porn. Uh, and we, like, comment on either, like, wow, isn't that great? There was one long conversation about... Um, porn face and like like is it I was uh, I know you know Cece Cecilia Morell I do, we did I one do. of these together so we were we were talking about how in a lot of uh like higher end not higher end um like the big budget porns they make this face and yes. do people actually make that face during sex and what is the point of that face and right. we had this long conversation around that face we also talked about the difference between amateur porn and whatever not amateur porn is and then also we talked about uh this one guy's tattoo was in support of a certain sports team and that started a fight in the chat so <laughs> yeah things like you know that what? that's great you know what that reminds me of actually we would do um like just for a segment at like our the bed post show when we used to do that um like in a physical space uh that was one of the segments that we've done a couple times is just like a porn watch so we have like it's myself so and a com yeah like myself and a comedian basically just like doing uh talking about the porn while it's happening uh and the audience can see the porn and hear our kind of commentary right. on the porn and it's always usually fun yeah. and funny i love that. i love that yeah we did uh the we did the scooby-doo parody porn which was really fun because we only had the second half of it so we spent a long time trying to figure out was scooby gonna make an appearance and then we figured out no the whole point is that scooby's been kidnapped so we were safe <laughs> yeah so that's just that's one with the plot with the narrative of this porn first of all yeah, yeah what do you think's happening <laughs> so then i love it yeah so then a few other events that we have, we have some educational events that are more Q&As, like we've had fetish Q&A. We have a non-monogamy themed Q&A called So You Want to Be a Swinger coming up. We also have like just generally like any sort of Q&A like that. We also have games nights, which emulate like the DT, like the, the games that I would host at DTF at the club. So right. we've played Truth or Dare. We've played Strip Poker. We've played Paranoia. Like these are all games that we've played in person at the club and we just play them virtually. They happen Wait, a lot slower virtually. What's Paranoia? Oh. Okay, this game is fun. Play it at any party. You <laughs> sit in a circle. Okay. Or in this case, you, you, you make a pretend circle in your mind and you yep. assign people a circle. Um, and you were going to whisper to the person beside you a question. They answer that question out loud, and the answer must be someone in the circle. Then you flip a coin, and if it's heads, they reveal the question, and if it's tails, they never get to know. So, for example, person A whispers, who do you want to fuck? Person B says, Aaron Pym. All you've heard, <laughs> the only name. thing you hear is Aaron Pym. And then we flip a coin. So if it's heads, then you find out, oh, that person wants to fuck me. But if it's tails, you never know. All you know is that they called your name, and that's why it's reason. called... <laughs> yep. You're like, You're is it good for all? <laughs> and other questions that people ask is who here is most likely to have been fisted? Who yeah. here would make a great gay for pay porno? porno? Like there's so yeah. many like great, great questions that you can ask that. Or sometimes it's even just like who here is most like, likely to go skydiving? I actually learned this game. I spent the past three years working full time for a youth group. Okay. And I stole this game from my teenagers. And made it into a and sex game. I love brought it. Brought it to the club. Yep. <laughs> 
That's brilliant. I'm sure a lot of like those games we would play at like summer camp would translate into, first of all, either drinking games or like some sort of, you could, you know, make a sexy version of it, you know? So I love that oh, you yeah. that. I really do feel like Oasis is just camp the way you wished it was when you were in high school. <laughs> I've never heard it described that way. I mean, I love it. We've got I a mean, swimming pool. It makes sense. Yeah, it's a pool. It's yeah. We've got a playroom. <laughs> Different kind. We have Different our own kind kinds of, of toys. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. have activities. We yes. have we have kind of like for if anyone's been to camp and you have like flagpole. Our version of flagpole is just burlesque. You know, it's all. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's actual pole dancing. Yeah. Oh, yep. I love that. Okay, yeah. So, okay, so some other events we have. We have weekly naked yoga. So that's like taking a yoga class, but you can be naked. Love it. We also have, uh, so, I, okay, we've talked about games, Q&A. We have a happy hour for people to just come and bring their cocktails and schmooze. Cool. Uh, we have other random random stuff every month. So, for example, we're trying to do more jerk-off instruction guided arousal. We're going to start a sex toy review set, like event. We'd have spectator performances. Um, we've been doing some crafter noons. So I did a latex demo for one of those. Most recently, I also paint, um, I do paintings of the male member out of watercolor for money. Um, and I sell prints at Oasis. But uh, so I basically went online and showed people a few basic watercolor techniques. And then we all hung out and painted uh, my husband's penis. Mom, if you're listening to this, I am so sorry. I'm, I apologize. Um, yeah, I apologize to your mom as well. I think I saw that on your Instagram story recently, you holding a painting of a penis. So dressed gonna... up in uh like a french painter yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> with my beret i committed beret. to the look yeah yeah it's great yeah <laughs> so we it. try and make sure that we have a variety of different things uh coming up in the month we are also going to do like a food a sexy food taste of oasis themed thing for like taste of the danforth we're going to do sex olympics we're trying to do things that sort of time out with things that would have been happening yeah. in real life so the olympics might have happened in the summer so olympic themed things uh you know for the fan expo weekend we're gonna see if we can do like a cosplay themed event things like that that's really thoughtful because i think a lot of us you know well i think basically all of us are really missing all of the cool things that usually happen during the summer like festivals yeah. and whatnot so that's nice that you can kind of experience them in like a different way now but like yeah. at least we can still kind of have those experiences you know well the best part about going virtual is you get to meet people you never would have met both because they don't they you never would have met them because they wouldn't have been able to come in on the same weekend as you but a club in in london called le boudoir they're using our oasis platform to run events on thursday and friday and all of our members get access to those so they nice. alternate between a book club and a dance class and they have a date night so anyone who's part of the Oasis platform gets to go to those events. And we take part in these international parties with every club that's on this modern lifestyle platform every single Saturday. So that's hundreds of people coming and we'll run a segment, but they'll, there'll be other clubs running other segments. And I know that it's just been so cool meeting people from all over, um, like genuinely the most fun because you get to talk to people who are in the lifestyle from England in the US and Germany and everywhere. So that's really cool. Yeah, I, I, that's one thing I like about, well, not only like changing the podcast over to doing interviews virtually, like I can get, I can interview people now that are not geographically close to me, right? Like, and then also, um, like I used to teach like in-person classes through rit Ritual Chamber. So now I do those virtually as well. So now people that are like, you know, on the other side of the world have the opportunity to like take my classes via the Ritual Chamber. And yeah, they're a little different, but isn't that like a really huge positive? Like, yeah, well, yeah, I, I think so. Up, uh, I ran a workshop last week and it's through, I, I run 
the Canadian Public Health Association made a workshop on STIs and stigma. And so I've been trained in, on how to facilitate this workshop. And I ran it last week through Zoom and it was fantastic. It was amazing how people otherwise who normally wouldn't be able to take this could just hop on. Yeah. And thanks to breakout rooms, we could emulate sort of those one-on-one -on -one private conversations you have for work. And it ended up being a wonderful way to have a conversation with people who might not otherwise have ever been in a room together. Yeah, so. and the other thing that comes to mind speaking about something that might have a bit of stigma attached to it, like like topics that might um, be a little kind of risky for people to like attend in person, maybe they might not feel as a com comfortable to like, you know, say if that that class with like about STIs and stigma, um, they may not like, you know, be able to get the courage to go out to a public space and like have everybody see them and you know, have their identity revealed and stuff like yeah. that to attend something like that. Now they have access to it because they can just like put another name, they can turn their camera off and there you go. And you can still yeah. have this like, um, still have this experience. And uh, yeah. Right, the, well that's the, the thing. People don't have to turn their camera on to participate. Like they can just sit and enjoy and lurk. Yeah. Um, I would say that camp, in these kinds of scenarios, having your camera on is what does create connection with other people. Totally. So I there agree. are, I mean, just talking about the community building, we have a virtual community of regulars who are people I, I never met at the club because I was there running my, I was running gangbang night once a month. I wasn't there often enough to get to know. So I knew the gangbang regulars, but not anyone else. Yeah, that was like with me with like, I'm there with bump and grind every month with bump and grind. But beyond that, like, I don't go right. that often maybe like two other times that month kind of randomly but that's the right. night that I'm at that I work at um regularly so I know those people but I'm sure there's like hundreds and hundreds of people that yeah. I don't know because they just don't come to bump and grind for whatever reason yeah and there's so many wonderful lovely people who um they're they're just really cool and we also have our inside jokes from the virtual space that that people who join in like you know what I mean? Like culture is also built when you know people well enough that you can do inside jokes. And we currently have this one running bet where there's this one guy where he never wore a shirt on on camera for the first month or two. <laughs> so then one time he wore a shirt. And since then, I just every time I take bets on whether or not he's wait, like, I'll be like, I bet he's wearing a shirt today or not. <laughs> and apparently the members have started taking bets on what my bet is going to be. <laughs> so things like that. <laughs> It's very insular. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, that. and he'll like turn on his camera just to show me and then turn it back off. And it's really... <laughs> Things like that. So it's be it's become a lot of fun. And we have a lot of couples who are on. And like, I have this thing where whenever someone new hops on, I will instantly click on their profile to see what they look like, even if they don't turn their camera on, because it it's so much easier for me to connect with people if I have faces. And I know that's true, like, with a lot of people. And that's really true um, that I found too, just teaching workshops virtually. Like the last one I did, everybody had their camera on. And the one I did before that, nobody had their camera on. Cause I think also you just like see what other people are doing and do the same. So a couple people entered and didn't have their cameras on. So then everybody else just followed suit. So it's just my camera on talking at nobody's faces. Right. I tell you, like the experience just as a facilitator was so, so, so different between like the one where nobody had their camera on to the one where like almost everybody did. Like it's that's it, so yeah. true. Yeah, it is very hard to create a space that lets people be vulnerable because let's be honest, having sex on camera where you can't 
you can't guarantee someone else isn't recording. We're all part of the community, so we're all trusting each other to a certain extent, but some people aren't comfortable with this platform because they don't know if someone might be secretly screen recording, and that's yeah. fine. Uh, but the point being, even with, with uh, taking a workshop or being on camera doing sexy themed things, it requires a certain level of vulnerability, and if you don't have your face there, people yeah. are less comfortable being vulnerable. Who is this person? I don't know who they are. I don't know if they're looking at me. I don't know what they're doing. Um, so as a host, obviously, I care less, but even just to be able to like call out, hello, welcome, I'll click on someone's profile and uh, my oh my, some of these people in this platform, they're so, they are putting effort into their photos. It is good. Really? It is in enjoyable. Love mm -hmm. it. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> you can also put your nudes up there and they can be uh, protected by, by, we have something called a pass key and if you give your pass key to someone, they, then they can see your nudes and other people are like, I don't care, here's my dick. And I'm like, great, I love dicks. What a great profile. There was one, one couple's profile picture was just a picture of two potted plants. And I clicked on that and was like, wow, that's really cute. Uh, and I got to, I basically like, I said something like, wow, aren't you two just a pair of cute succulents? Because their profile picture was legitimately succulents. Love it. But succulent is such a wonderful word succulent. to describe someone. Yeah, you're so succulent. Succulent. Except, yeah, I mean, I'm not winning any, any phone sex awards anytime soon, but... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, do those so, exist? I want one. I want a phone uh, sex award. I will, I will make you. I will make you a certificate. <laughs> yeah, do your arts and crafts night at Oasis and make, make me up a little plaque or something. Yeah. Um, okay, just as a complete aside from yes. any of this, I once heard about this friend group where they would do an annual friend group award party. And uh, like ahead of time, they'd send out a Google form, most likely too. It was like those high school things or like, you know, best, best drunkard. I don't know. And they would have all of everyone in the friend group vote and then they would all dress up fancy and contribute some money and get it catered nicely and have good alcohol. And they would do this award ceremony for their friend group. And I have always wanted to do that ever since. I love so that. I'm sure you could win the phone sex award there. <laughs> yeah, maybe all. That's the thing. That's how you win awards. That's what podcasters don't tell you is that they just create the award and then give it to themselves. That's how you. Yeah, get that's how you get. Awards. We call uh, uh, to link this back to uh, camp and youth group life. We have something called paper plate awards, where you literally write an award on a paper plate, and it's yeah. like a comedy award. Yeah, you know, podcast awards are basically just a fancy paper plate award. <laughs> That is a sick burn. Um, from somebody who has four Canadian podcasting awards, that is a sick burn. Um, I'm very proud of you. That's very, no, I love podcasts. I think they're very legitimate. <laughs> I listen to way too many podcasts to be throwing shade at them. Oh, me too. That, like, I'm not just a podcaster. I'm, you know, an owner of the company as well. Like, I, lo I love podcasts. I actually am... I, I never like don't have one on I like especially lately I find myself just like alone a lot alone at my home a lot so I always just have one on just for like background noise even you know yeah I I do that I actually will purposefully find things to do so I can listen to a podcast because I can't just sit and listen Me so too. I'll be like today we're gonna clean the kitchen and listen to a podcast today we're gonna food prep and listen to five podcasts and I also am one of those people who went there's a podcast that I love called Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, and they run pilgrimages and trips through their podcast. And I went on one last year because cool. I love podcasts that much. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it. also Harry Potter that much. Oh my so. god! Okay, you're my people. I didn't realize. Oh my god! I feel oh, so yeah. seen. I, I mean, I do. I do also listen to your podcast. Yours is one of my favorite ones to put on oh. while I'm working. Oh well, you have to say that. Now. <laughs> 
No, I mean, there's nothing more fun than listening to, than like putting together a latex garment while listening to a dominatrix. Uh, your most, one of your recent ones, uh, just the blind dominatrix. I learned so much from that podcast and I was just Yay. like gluing things and like, wow, I never even thought about that. And it was very interesting. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. Mistress blind is absolutely fantastic. And I've gotten nothing but like positive reviews on that episode. So I'm so happy. I was really, really proud of that one. Um, yeah, it just had like a really good mix of like information, but also we had great chemistry and also she's just like really engaging and fun and funny. Like it had the great, her laugh was amazing. Oh, she's so funny, right? Yeah. (laughs) So joyful. Oh, I just love her. Each week on Girl Boner Radio, August McLaughlin explores sexual empowerment for everyone. She features a range of guests, including therapists, sex workers, comedians, and occasionally her mom. She's talked about spicy experiences with ghosts, masturbating for science in an MRI machine, small penis pageants, desire differences, and so much more. Join her for in-depth reporting, fun, and inspiration. A new episode drops each week. To start listening, search for Girl Boner Radio on your favorite podcasting app. Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Um, so let's talk about you being the designer and owner of Razor Latex. Yeah, which I should add, every company name of mine is a pun on my first and last name, just so just so you know. Because oh, my last name is unpronounceable. So every <laughs> single time I just do puns to try and teach people. Anyway, Love um, it. what was your question? <laughs> my question is going to be, how did you first start to get into latex, like even before your business and whatnot? When did you, because this is a big thing for you, latex, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When so did you I, first start to discover that? So um, I, I actually was just joking the other day that what I tell people is I woke up one day and decided latex was the answer to my life problems. <laughs> and so I decided to do it, which the truth is like, there's so many small things in my life that I think led to me going to latex. I was always interested in sex work, but discovered very quickly that sex work was actually not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've always been very like pro sex worker advocacy and interested in, in BDSM and then found out that I'm actually not personally into BDSM and things like that. But mm-hmm. I've always been interested in the general field. So I was in school 
for fashion design at Ryerson. Okay. And for our final collection, we had to do something. And I actually just woke up one day and was like, I want to do latex. I hate sewing. School has made me hate sewing. You don't sew latex. It looks cool. Sex workers wear it. This Let's is what it. I'm going to do. <laughs> so I was like, hey, mom and dad, can I take an extra year of university on your dollar so that I can spend time learning how to work with latex? And they were like, okay. Wow. So, I mean... Not quite in that way. They thought about it for a little bit, a little bit longer than a second. But uh, yeah, so I found, uh, I took the Ego Assassin introduction to crafting latex course, which they used to offer back when that was a company that existed and the owners were lovely people. And then when they needed an intern, I started interning for them. So I actually made my first pieces of latex before I had ever worn latex. But yeah. like crafting it was like, it was like arts and crafts and I loved it. And then wearing it, I just slowly grew to love latex just the way that it changes the way that your sensory experience of the world changes in a drug-free way. So um, <laughs> I sound like those people who really love mushrooms when I talk about latex, but um, like the way that the air is interacting with your body and, and the way that hot and colds feel and even someone's fingers on your skin, like it all changes and it's all really fun. And yes, it's sweaty, but to quote my sister, that's kind of half the fun, isn't it? Yeah. So because, um, you know. So I started doing things uh, just for that, my final collection. And then, um, so I showed my collection at Mass Exodus and Flair Magazine called me the number one look of the show. And I'm still riding that high from like 2014. <laughs> That's still at the bottom of every email, that credit. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm so, I worked so hard and I was like, finally recognition. So um, yeah, <laughs> I lead, awesome. I lead, conver no, okay. So that was very exciting. And then I was just, I started taking orders while I was sort of working on, that collection. And then I finished school, had no job and was like, you know what? I want to do latex. I want to learn more. So I went to Germany for an internship with Fantastic Rubber for a few months, which is how I learned how to go the custom route and learned what I know about doing custom and custom cat suits. And um, I've modified what I've learned from them since then, because there were certain things that they did that I I stylistically just didn't like. And I think that's the great thing about latex and design. There's no one right answer. You can say, you know what, that might work for you and your clients, but I actually prefer this way. So I took some of what they did and altered them a little bit to be more what I wanted and came back from that internship in Germany and decided to just do razor latex full time. And that uh, after two years of struggling and realizing that there was no way that latex was ever going to be a full time income for me, I paused it and had to find a job. And that job that I found was the youth group. And I was not able to be public about latex or any of the Oasis stuff the entire time I worked there. That's so I also fun. couldn't really accept orders. So, and I also didn't have time because that job was like 60, 70 hours a week nonprofit. It was, it was a lot. Whoa. So I was doing, a, like I was pattern drafting for other designers occasionally during that time. And I was taking small orders here and there. And in May I left that job and joined Oasis full time and became, and now I am still I'm accepting orders on like a per person basis mm -hmm. because it's not my primary income. It's, it's something that I love and I'm very passionate about. And I love to be body positive and use it as a way to express my body positivity. Because when you do custom, you're fitting the person. You're not forcing the person to fit into a stupid standard that doesn't fit anybody. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I've typically just been, been since the pandemic started doing like making stuff for myself, doing weekly photo shoots of me and latex and slowly taking on orders here and there for people who don't seem like total assholes. So <laughs> just like a little bit of an asshole is fine. <laughs> one of the issues with custom is that the fit is very personal. Right. And so you'll have someone who will ask for you to do something that the material is physically incapable of doing. Yeah. 
And that's really frustrating, especially when they're like, well, it's custom. So I get unlimited alterations. It's like, well, no, because once it's put together, it's actually not super easy to alter and have it look nice. Yeah. So that's are part there, of it. Yeah. Are there certain limitations that people wouldn't necessarily think about when it comes to latex? Like how finicky is it? Or how, people, how temperamental, yeah. you know? Very temperamental. It's definitely a different skill to be able to work with latex. Just even the hand motion. Everything is handmade. There's no machine that can do it for you. So you're yeah. physically doing it with your fingers. Um, it doesn't work like spandex. People assume it's just like spandex. You cannot... If you, anyone knows anything about sewing, this will make sense. And if anyone doesn't know anything about sewing, I'm sorry. You can't gather latex. You can't pleat latex. You also, like with buttons, you, you can't just sew a button on. There's like a four-step process to like poke a hole, uh, sew the button to a piece of rubberized fabric, poke the rubberized fabric through the hole, glue the rubberized fabric down. Now you've got the button. For the button hole, you have to reinforce the actual hole itself with more rubber, things like that. Um, so there's just certain small things like that, that you're like, okay, this is 10 steps longer than it would be to sew it. Um, but like with pleats, you, you can't pleat latex because it doesn't really stay down in the same way. Like you sort of can, but you can't. And if you want those sharp corners, you have to do a different process entirely. Um, and the stretch is sometimes wacky Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. Like it just doesn't stretch the way spandex does and it will end up feeling really tight in one spot and then kind of loose in another, depending on how the curve of the body was at that moment. Mm -hmm. The good news is you can gain a lot of weight and have your latex still fit though. Hmm. And why is that? Uh, you can stretch it a lot, like a lot. It won't be as comfortable, but I've had pieces that I did maybe like a 10% reduction on the stretch in terms of my body, like 10% in my measurement. Mm -hmm. And it will, if I lose weight, it still fits because it's just a little bit looser. But if I gain weight, it can stretch even more and it will still, it will still just, it'll keep stretching with you up to a certain extent. Very cool. So yeah, like the fit of latex itself, once again, it's very personal. That's why custom work is kind of hard. One person wants you to reduce by 20%. The next person doesn't want you to reduce the stretch at all. And some people who are newer don't know as much. They don't know how to ask for that. Yeah. So you'll make something and they're like, oh, but it doesn't fit the way I thought it was going to fit compared to this other piece from a completely different company that was off the rack and doesn't actually fit them. And that you didn't show places. me or communicate yeah. to me about it all. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Another thing is uh, custom bras, right? Like we are one of the only places that do custom bras. Mm-hmm. I have, I am so mad at all these companies selling bras in small, medium, large. That is not... That is not a thing. There's no fit a bra <laughs> so in ups- any material. So upsetting. So we would do custom bras and people, uh, people would come in expecting it to then fit like a Victoria's Secret molded bra. And right. I'd be like, that's not, that's think more like old lady lingerie, but we'll make it sexy because yeah. it's rubber uh, in terms of like more of a soft cup style. So in that case, if someone's in town with me, I'll be like, bring me your favorite bra and I will make it fit like your favorite bra. Hey, but if they don't great. have a favorite bra, then I can't do that for them. And I'm just sort of guessing what kind of fit they would prefer. Um, do they want to plunge? Do they want to hire gore? And they have to be very specific. And some people don't know enough about bra shopping because they've just been shopping at Lasenza their whole lives yep. to know what I'm asking. So, I mean, obviously it's my job to make them understand, but those are all of the small things and you're not really getting paid for your time having yeah. all those conversations. And that's why I'm like, I'm just very selective with who I choose to work with. Oh, that totally makes sense. Yeah. What are your favorite pieces to make out of latex? Um, men's cat suits, because actually, no, those are, I lied. I really like wearing cat suits, but I don't like making them as much. <laughs> like, that's not the question. Um, okay. I really like 
Uh, I do like making bras. It's a lot of fun and a lot of small pieces. And when it sits together perfectly, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. I like doing um, just like really simple princess seam shirts, like the shirts with like the lines down the boobs. It's all the same techniques that get repetitive over and over. Um, the most recent thing that I've been experimenting with, and I think I sent you a picture of this the other day, is I've laser cut floral latex with three-dimensional flowers. It's oh, gorgeous. So, I couldn't believe it. I was like, that's, yeah, I'm in awe of that. I was trying to emulate the way that lace applique looks on a regular high-end bra. Because I find that with latex, people will either paint on latex or they'll, they'll put it, like they'll put a print in the latex, but they don't go three-dimensional. I was kind of inspired by the piece that Beyonce wore on the red carpet a few years ago. It had these pearls glued mm -hmm. onto it. Uh, but the actual flowers themselves were still, it looked like they were painted on. And I was like, how would we create a three-dimensional flower that could stand off of the piece? And just so um, doing kind of fun experimentation with different things you can do, that's really fun because not everyone is necessarily doing that. And I have, uh, my husband and I have a laser cutter through his work. So whenever I need something kind of crazy, like my Art Nouveau um, lace cutout lingerie line was all done on a laser cutter and I have one Ooh. client who wanted a zebra suit so all of the zebra stripes I designed and then we cut out on the laser cutter and that's how you get that like perfect sharp edge so that's been super fun very cool um if you could give some advice to somebody who's interested in buying some latex um but they don't know really like you were saying like all that technical knowledge behind crafting latex like what's yeah. a big a good beginner piece that you might recommend or, or just some advice in general? Um, okay, so if you can afford custom, go custom because okay. it will be so much more comfortable. And if you can't afford custom, get a mini skirt. Okay. And I mean that men and, men and women, both of you, get a mini skirt. Everyone, uh, just because it'll give, you, it'll give you a sense of how it feels on your body. It's small. They're usually okay price-wise for entering the market. For men, get a simple tank top. You really just want something that's an easy piece that you don't need to feel like it's not going to be complicated to get into or out of that will be easy to care for and can emulate something that you already have in your closet. Because Amazing. if you hate it, if, you know, you don't want to have spent all that time getting this hardcore big cat suit when you realize, oh my God, I hate the feeling of latex. That would be a, not everyone likes it. It's not for everyone. So totally. you really don't want to, to make a huge commitment. Um, totally. There is a difference between molded latex and stuff that's made in a more traditional like sewing style. So like cut and sew, except cut and glue in this case. Molded pieces will have no seams. They're kind of like the condom for your body, uh, yeah. but they will rip faster and easier than a piece that's been crafted by a human as opposed to like dipped by a machine. So gotcha. those dipped pieces typically are the ones that are super cheap that people get. If you are being cheap and it's just an experiment, go ahead, totally go for it with the understanding that it will not last you as long as a piece made by the human next door. Gotcha. Um, and also like shop local, you know, because that way if there's any issues, you can take it to them and they can repair it or have a conversation with you. Right. So that's an option. If you do get a little tear or something like that happens, that can yeah. be fixed if you kind of stay yep. in touch with whoever made it for you, say it was a custom piece. That's a reasonable right, thing exactly. to be like, hey, it rips. Every, every single designer has like a repair, a repair, a small repair fee that they'll do if it rips. Yeah. Okay. The other frustrating thing is sometimes someone will rip their cat suit and be like, this is you. You did this. And no. you're like, um, no, this was, there was literally like, if there was a structural integrity issue at a seam, then hmm. that's one thing. But if you were just rough with it, like you're not getting free repairs out of me forever. Yeah. Uh, speaking so. of that. So what do we need to know about like putting on our latex like because there can be a process right yeah so there's two ways that you can do it make sure that you are not super sweaty or damp to start with 
If you are a super sweaty person, cover yourself in lube and then cover your latex in lube. Specifically, silicone-based lube, like the Pure Lube made for latex or the Vivashine Lube made for latex. Or as I like to joke, I am cheap and I get mine from an industrial place and it's literally pure silicone lube from an industrial <laughs> factory. So yeah. if you want to be cheap like me, make a contact and uh, order yourself some lube. But basically silicone-based lube. Water-based lube dries kind of funny on latex, yeah. uh, but lube yourself up. If you are not a super sweaty person and it's just a mini skirt, just a little bit of talcum powder and you can slip it right on. Very good. Okay, amazing. But uh, yes. Oh, and when your piece arrives and it's dusty and doesn't look shiny, that's because the latex will stick to itself if you don't cover it in powder. So you have to shine it up. Uh, I've had people say, why isn't it shiny when it arrives? And the reason that I will not shine something if I'm doing a fitting is because once it's covered in lube, you then have to wash it in order to do a repair or an alteration. So if someone tries something on and it's, it would need an alteration, I will not shine it in advance because then you have to wash it and powder it and restart versus just being able to quickly do that quick alteration and have them walk out with it 20 minutes later. Got you. And to get that shiny shininess, you're just Same using products. silicone lube. Yeah. Yep. Love it. Yep. And that's or, how, and that's how you or care. wait for it, yes. for the affordable person, oh. Armor All from Canadian Tire. Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah. That gets, you, that gets you a quick, easy, quick shine. It won't be as like slick looking it won't look like an oil spill but it'll definitely get you there get the same idea and then yeah after you use it just like soap with soap and water like in your bathtub yeah stuff like yeah that. you are yeah. supposed to use scent free soap and scent free powder and scent free everything because scents will degrade the latex just like scents and perfume will degrade your silk blouse or your regular clothing fun fact Sunlight also degrades fat regular fabric, but it will degrade latex to a higher extent. So once you have washed it with soap and water, I say you're supposed to use scent free, but you know, I don't. I should, but <laughs> yeah. I don't because yeah. uh, I am a person. I'm a human. Because you're uh, living so, on the edge. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, some people also because honestly, latex can be expensive and getting scent free soap is expensive. And like, yep. I should really invest in it. But I've j it's a pandemic. Who has time for that? <laughs> So what I'm saying is that if you have scented soap, you're not going to kill. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's just, you know, not the best. So gotcha. you wash it with soap and water. You either repowder it or re-lube it up, whichever you prefer. And then you store it um, away from sunlight. So if you hang it in like a garment bag in your closet, the sun coming in through the closet, through the top of the garment bag will degrade the latex and make it not shiny. I suggest putting it in a black bag in an opaque box under your bed, okay. which is how I store mine. <laughs> Okay, and I'm sure, your, way. I'm sure your bed is just full of black boxes underneath there. <laughs> it, yeah, there's actually like a whole, whole bin. Yeah, <laughs> I actually didn't have very much latex of my own until the pandemic started because I was too busy making things for other people. So having this has been really great for me building my own little latex capsule wardrobe. <laughs> capsule so. wardrobe, I love it. Oh, that's Everything amazing. coordinates with each other. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. with the like 10 or so minutes that we have left... We haven't talked about your, um, you kind of hit on body positivity is one of your things. Um, but we said body positive uh, content creator in our yeah. intro. So let's talk about that a little bit. So we're talking so, about adult content creation? Kind of. Um, so Not I have an OnlyFans. <laughs> a, a little bit of everything. To be honest, I have, I do a variety. So okay. I honestly, the latex that I make is a way that I express my, my body positivity. Cause once again, it's about custom. I will never tell someone they have the wrong body for latex. I yeah. will make sure the latex makes them feel good. That's yes. one. Um, so on Instagram, I do a lot of just like nudity, half nudity, body positive posts. I make sure to post like pictures of myself without makeup or in different positions or just yeah, sort today... of talking about Today you oh, posted yeah. um, uh, like a no makeup picture of yourself with a 
um, with, you said like a a 12 step process of like a natural makeup look, like next to actually no makeup, uh, which I appreciate that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just like I remember not everything you see on Instagram is real. So I try and do a bit of that. Um, Most of the photos that I post of myself, there's no, I only color retouch. I never airbrush. Um, And there's even, there's actually tons of no makeup photos of me on Instagram because um, I think that we should be connecting with humans. And also I want people to connect with me as a person not me as a sex object yeah. uh, so that's part of it so on OnlyFans, i'm doing a little bit of like behind the scenes of like what it is so i know people enjoy, they subscribe to my only fans thinking i was starting porn i'm not right. doing porn but what i am is i'm fully naked in a lot of videos and you just can't post that on instagram or any other platform so <laughs> i did a demo where i got into my neck entry latex cat suit for oasis and i filmed it Getting and i put it. the mm-hmm, i love that and, Yeah, I can't post that on Instagram. So I post that kind of stuff to my OnlyFans instead. And I have a video with uh, a a friend of mine, uh, Vivian, another Oasis person. And she and I just filmed Naked Twister recently. It's not porn, but But, we're naked and we're doing Twister and we're talking about sex and bodies and all of those different things. So, you know, just sort of like fun things that sort of talk about that. And then I'm also doing a lot actually on TikTok, which I'm obsessed with. Um, And I do a lot of just short videos that are either about like, bodies or sex ed or just sexual concepts and some of them are targeted more to bdsm and some of them are targeted more to teenagers like my sister recently requested that i make a video on how to know when you're not ready for sex and i was like that's great so i did a few of the like i take requests from topics people want to learn about and some of it's body positive there was one video where i literally listed all of my measurements just to be like you know you don't know what someone looks like or how that translates to and someone's measurements don't actually translate to who they are as a person those kinds of, of videos. So yeah. I basically just do a lot of stuff like that. Um, along with, uh, you can find me tanning topless at Woodbine Beach because that's fully legal. Make the world you want to see. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I love how you're kind of, this, this actually, I mean, this feels very familiar to me how it's like you're kind of meshing all these different things um, like sex education like just pure sexy adult content just kind of like all together um yeah to get this kind of really round kind of perspective of what sex is like and specifically to you right right Um, and i think part of it is i am speaking from my experience and i do have all these sort of different things and i did mention i worked with teenagers for three years and one thing that i found really frustrating is that they're all sexually active And when you ask them, are you sexually active? They say no, because they're not necessarily having penetrative sex, but they're doing lots of other stuff. And I was never allowed to talk to them about it in my role. And there aren't very many trusted adults that teens can get this information from. But also there's this assumption, and I've like recently reread the sex ed curriculum, but there's this assumption that the goal should be to make people wait for sex. And we give them the tools to have those conversations on, are you ready or should you wait? But the majority of us spend 80% of our lives having sex. So yeah. why are we not preparing people for the majority of their lives as yeah. opposed to helping them postpone for as long as they can? And people say it's harm reduction and it's safer. But the truth is teenagers as young as 14 and 15 have sex. They're having sex. And they are not prepared. They are. And they are not prepared. Giving yeah. people the tools to postpone is fine, but you're giving them those tools sometimes when they've already had sex. Totally. Yeah. So a lot of our, I what, find a lot of the, yeah, specifically like in school when they start doing sex education, like a lot of, they've missed, uh, missed the boat for most oh, of yeah. those people that they're talking to. Most of those kids, it's, you know? 
yeah, it's really frustrating. So all of those different things basically re-inspired me to like basically quit my job and go work at Oasis so that I could have, I could create more of a platform for having these conversations. I don't think adults talking about sex is inherently an, in, an inappropriate topic, especially when you're talking about consenting adults doing consenting adult things. Yep. And just because I am a person who has sex does not mean that I am going to try to have sex with a teenager. Totally. In fact, I am definitely not going to have sex with a teenager. Yeah. In fact, that's in case the that last was unclear. Thing I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. But I do think that if I had had an adult who had given me more tools when I was a teenager for when I was having sex with other teenagers, that would have been great. Yeah. So trying yeah. to. I always like yeah. to think that like younger people are listening to the podcast. I don't know if they actually are. Like, I don't actually have age demographics. In fact, I would love like if you're a young youngish person listening to the pod, shoot me an email. Actually, thebedpostsexshow at gmail I would really love to hear from some of our younger listeners because I agree that like most topics are on the table for for you know young adults to hear. Because it's all information um, that, as far as I'm considered, is very important for you to to hear about, you know, to get a real idea of, like, a range of topics. Uh, and, like, a really, again, that idea of, like, around sex education, not just, right. like sti based even though that stuff's important oh. too but like you know a lot of education is not pleasure based and it's like well people have sex for pleasure i hate to tell you that's the main pe reason people have sex and it's just like totally left out you know the two things that i find found particularly frustrating recently it changes every month which ones i find more frustrating uh right now it's the idea that uh, when you learn about stis in school they don't tell you what next yes they don't exactly. they don't do they don't do any stigma reduction it's just fear based right? It's all fear-based and it's all, okay, so you've gotten one now, talk to your doctor. And it's like, you might get an STI. To be honest, you'll probably get chlamydia in high school. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? But also like strep throat is way worse than chlamydia. I would rather get chlamydia than strep throat any day of the week. Like yeah, it's right. just like one is so much worse than the other and one is not an STI. So, but we don't talk about that. The other thing is I've been talking to more people about trying to decentralize reproductive education from mm. the conversation because yes. it's not sex ed you're giving reproductive education that sex is ed as much as it's also point. about yeah as much as they are talking about about lgbt and relationships you're not actually learning about how gay sex works nope no, not, they don't talk about foreplay and orgasms and that's sex sex yep. isn't reproduction they are not the same thing to quote esther perel sex is communication among other things like yeah. there's so many things sex is that is so much more than just making babies so Anyway, I feel like we're on the same wavelength. I'll stop ranting now. Follow my TikToks <laughs> if you want more rants. No, follow my TikTok. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. I was I, I, while we still have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, while it's still, like, legal? What the fuck? Anyways. Um, but, yeah, but uh, sex education. Uh, I love to hear that that's, like, a, such a big part of your kind of online kind of sexual persona or you know the th the way that you present online has like a really large sex education element i can really appreciate that yeah. Yeah. i i mean listen i know that we're running out of time but i some people are coming into this industry and they're there to make money or yeah. i don't know i've also heard of some people where they, they are genuinely trying to get one over on men and they're like, oh, these these filthy men need to pay me money. And like, that's that's fine. That's totally valid for those people. Um, I am coming into everything I do with an educational mindset. So even posting a video of me getting into a latex cat suit is like, this is literally how you do it. It might be fun and silly, 
But this is how you do it. Yeah. You see the pictures what it looks and like. you're like, oh, I should, I'd look hot in latex. It's like, well, something you should know. <laughs> that's how yeah. insane they are to is, get uh, into. <laughs> there, there is no zipper in this cat suit except in the crotch. And that's not how you get into it. So, yeah. <laughs> I love little climb uh, through the crotch. <laughs> yeah. I will occasionally, I'll have men, uh, I'll have men or people DMing me asking questions. And instead of ignoring, like, I get a lot of haze and sometimes I ignore them. And if I have time and energy, I will not ignore them. But if someone has a genuine question or wants actual help, I'm happy to connect them to resources and happy to answer questions and happy to say, you should listen to this podcast or I'm happy to do this. But if you say I need help for sex and then send me your dick, you also owe me $150 for the painting that I will then give to you after. So... Just so to be wait, clear, you're painting unsolicited dick pics. Oh my god! Um, not, not. I was gonna say, not yet. Not unless they give me money. Along <laughs> yeah, with it. you gotta get, you gotta prepay for something like that. Definitely. My website clearly states: first, you send me money, then I give you clear expectations on lighting, and then you send me your dick. <laughs> yeah, angles, so, lighting. Yeah, what else? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if I want I your that. your ta- if you have a cool tattoo, try and fit that in for me. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> just so we can identify you later you know yeah no I mean I do I'm like I said body body positive content creation men should feel positive about their bodies too as long as they're not sending it unsolicited totally yeah where did you kind of bring in the body positivity element when did you realize that was like an important thing for you to kind of like perpetuate um I think honestly I started getting really frustrated in high school, but I was a shitty person in high school, as many of us were. Like, I was yep, grappling with feminist same. concepts, but living in a patriarchy. So I, I um, hated being compared to my friends. Like, when I was in high school, guys would go fawning over my small-chested friends going, oh my god, we love small boobs. More than a handful's of waist. Big boobs are gross. They're saggy with giant nipples, and nobody likes that. And right. I was sitting there like an E-cup in high school, like, oh, this Fuck is shitty. Drag. And then, And then I also became that person being like, small boobs are gross, because I was defensive and right. upset. Right. And so as I got older and matured, it became, no, fuck that. We should all feel good. And then I saw the way that I was treated in fetish spaces. Being a size at the time, I was maybe a size eight. Maybe. Yeah. And I would be literally ignored by people if I was standing beside a friend of mine who was 5'8 and a size two. Right. And very white. She, everyone has always thought that I'm Middle Eastern. I don't know if that's also a factor. I'm not Middle Eastern, by the way. Um, people do think I'm Fatima when they show up to the club. I am not. Um, I am Jewish and Ashkenazi, but thank you for trying. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so I would be in these spaces and I was treated like absolute garbage and I was so frustrated. And so that combined with the fact that I would have women who were literally my size or even smaller saying, I could never wear latex. I'm too big. Yeah. I would not look good in it. I have too much cellulite. My body isn't right for it. I don't Mm -hmm. fit into the large and the truth is, a lot of latex designers, they're large, fits a size six. That's right. not a large. That's bullshit, yeah. That's, that's maybe the small end of medium. And there's no representation of medium people anywhere. And that's also ridiculous. Why is it that as soon as you're a size medium, it's, oh, they're plus size? No, they're just medium. Why can't we just have bodies? And just sort of the idolization around smaller, you know, making women small. Smaller bodies, small women, you know everything around that. And I think also this it does extend to men, right? Yep. Recently, we've had the dad bod, but you can't be a medium sized man. Uh, you barely see plus size men anywhere. Even then the dad bod is maybe even then just the medium. Uh, I think like all of these Marvel movies are just adding to more toxic portrayals of men's bodies and power. And 
I just think that that everyone should feel like their body is okay. And no one should ever have to call Oasis and say, am I going to be allowed into the club because of how I look? Because we will occasionally have people call and say, do you let people in? Yeah, because other clubs in other cities have dress codes and those dress codes are actually body codes. Jeez. So I have never wanted to make anyone feel like their body is not okay because the truth is everyone is into someone and like having a narrow range of what you're attracted to is, is a product of growing up in a patriarchal society. And we should all be doing better to expand what we see as beautiful to create a world that everyone can feel safe and comfortable and, and, you know, welcomed into. Yeah, and breaking down and analyzing what we have always assumed our quote unquote preferences are, you know, as far as sexuality goes, because it's very most definitely informed by like that toxic messaging that we've been that we've received, you know? Yeah. Throughout our lives. And I totally so anyway. okay, we should no thank you i'm i'm really glad we i just kind of we, we kind of just slid that yeah. in at the end there i'm really happy that we did so um we are arriving at the end though however ray so if you would please just let us know where we can uh find um the oasis online community first of all yes. and then also where we can get in touch with you about latex via your your um company razor latex and then also yeah. if you want uh, us to follow you um say on your tiktok or on your instagram where can i'll we give do you everything i'll Yay. give you the whole list i'll even give you my website okay so the oasis yeah. the oh wait you can always go to oasis and then click on virtual or members.oasisaqualounge.com is where you find the virtual platform um, for me, I have a website. It's share with Ray, S-H-A-R-E, like to share the verb, sharewithray.com. Um, and that's where you can sort of find my art and some latex and my workshops and like everything is on my website. But if you want to follow my latex Instagram, Razor Latex, R-A-E-Z-O-R-L-A-T-E-X. If you have Americans, it's R-A-E-Z. O-R-L-A-T-E-X dot com. Uh, that's the Instagram. Sorry, I used to have that with the website. That's now been aggregated into share with Ray. So that's the, the latex Instagram. My body positive Oasis promotion, other work Instagram, because latex people get very mad when you post non-latex photos. So I, I separated them. Yeah. That one is Wife Bay Ray. W-I-F-E-B-A-E-R-A-E. Wife Bay Ray. That's also my TikTok name. And if you want to follow me on OnlyFans, that is also Razor Latex. R-A-E-Z-O-R-L-A-T-E-X. Sorry for Lovely. all of those different things. No, that's great. I have just as many things. Um, talking about again, hit me up through emails about the podcast at thebedpostsexual at gmail.com. Uh, if it's something doming related, then you can email me at ladypim at protonmail.com. My Lady Pim stuff on Twitter is at theladypim1 or on Instagram, I'm pim.lady bedpost instagram is at the bedpost podcast always want to tell you about the bedpost patreon lots of uh cool content going on there including extra episodes audio erotica and kinky content as well like pictures and videos um and then last but not least i always like to give a shout out to the lady who does all the original music for my podcast that is stephanie copeland and she can be reached at sephcopelandmusic.com 
And then last but not least, of course, my lovely guest, Ray. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you for having me. This was super fun. It has been. And thank you to everybody who's been listening. We'll see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here in the studio talking about sex and sexuality with me, your host, Erin Kim. Until then, bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.